Welcome to Let's Talk. Here we will focus on the hustle, the juggle, and everyday struggle of small business, about their everyday struggles, stresses, and ways they have been able to overcome the challenges of running their business. We welcome questions and comments, so please feel free to email us at admin at We hope you enjoy, and above all, we hope it helps. Right. Well, welcome to the Hustle, Juggle, and Struggle of Small Business. Today, we have in our studio a very phenomenal individual who is doing exceptional things here in the city of San Antonio, Mr. Xavier Gonzalez. Welcome, Xavier. Thank you, Thalia. Thank you so much for having me. Well, wonderful. So we're so glad you're here in the studio. Tell us a little bit about you, your company, and what you do. It is a long road, Thalia. And, and uh, so it, it's, it started a quite a while ago uh, when I was in college. I actually worked for Pratt & Whitney, and uh, I was a mechanical engineer for them. So I, re- I did repairs for foreign military entities like uh, Israel and Saudi Arabia and Portugal and things like that. So, But I, I worked for them for five years, and uh, then I was laid off after September 11th, started my own business, you know, carried on the way. Um, then I met my wife, Sue, and she's a chef. So we were dating at the time when she had the opportunity to open a food truck. And I said, hey, I'll, I'll go help you. I'll, I'll run that food truck with you. And she goes, great. There's no pay. It's long hours. And you're going to get really sweaty and dirty the entire time. I'm like, great, let's do this. And I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So along the way, we had a fantastic time running the food truck. We were, I mean, we had no idea what we were doing. I mean, she knew what she was doing as far as cooking. Mm-hmm. But as far as running and managing a mobile kitchen, we were just clueless. So we uh, we basically had to kind of ninja around town and park in places where we knew we weren't allowed and set up shop and try to sell food. And <laughs> so it was it was exciting. Then uh, one time we uh, or one day we had the opportunity to uh, open for a uh, farmer's market at Trinity University on weekends. So that was our our first entrance into being legitimate. <laughs> with the food truck. Yeah. So we did those on the weekends and we did really well. Uh, we had, uh, we met the president of Trinity. He'd come over and, you know, buy from us. And uh, we had a great rapport with all the students and the families who would come over to the, to the uh, uh, farmer's market. And uh, one sad day, the food truck broke down on us. Oh dear. Yes. Were you yes. at a location or prior to getting to the location? It was prior to getting the location. So we were on the way to Frost Bank building right there at Nacogdoches. And the truck just stalled on me on the way. And I was rolling, too, when it stopped. So I pulled into the to a parking lot, and I called my wife. I said, Sue, um, the truck broke down. So she had all the product with her. So we came in, and we put everything we could out of the food truck. We put it into the van, and we went to the Frost Bank building. We did service in a kitchen they had downstairs. And uh, the building manager afterwards, she says, hey, you know, the previous operator left. Why don't you t- come over and take over the location? Oh, how fortuitous was that? It gets better, Dalia. It gets better. So when I tell this story to folks, and it's a much more much more elaborate than this, but uh, I I tell them it's only by the grace of God that the truck broke down and gave us our opportunity. And uh, the serendipity is that the name of the location, the name of the cafe when we moved in was called Grace Cafe. So... You know, it's it's almost kind of hokey, like it's a TLC kind of movie kind of thing, but it actually did happen that way. Mm-hmm. So um, my wife, uh, she took over that location. She made it her own. Uh, we, were working, we were working there for about six months, 
and we had the opportunity to open another location at another building. And uh, so I quit my job and I went over there to to open that location. That was our that's how we got started. That's how we got multi-location business. And then thereafter, we had four, four locations running at a given time. And uh, then pandemic hit. We had to shut down three. And uh, end of last year, we opened a new location. So we're back up. We're growing again. So uh, but again, it, it was just the blessings of uh not just circumstance, but, you know, a lot of the experience that we carried on in our lives. You know, my wife, she had a different path prior to meeting me. So it led her to culinary school, to becoming a chef, to working for some resorts and hotels. And, you know, me being an engineer, starting my own business, learning about taxes and employment records and, you know, employees and helping them get uh, helping businesses get started. So all that came into our business together. So that's how we got started. And became, I guess, you know, our level of success, you know, so, you know, we're still growing, we're still learning. Um, we want to do different things as well as we continue into our, into our business lives as partners, but husband and wife also. So uh, we're excited about the future. I think that as we grow together, we're going to do and achieve different things because we had no plan for the for the cafes. So I think that as we grow, as we continue, we're also going to be finding those blessings coming into our lives, and we're also going to grow into those as well. Undoubtedly. So tell me, tell me the type of food that you serve. Well, my wife always had a mission with her menu, and it was always to be um, healthy, but also um, it has to look great, you know, because, you know, you just can't throw something healthy in front of somebody and expect them to eat it. Yeah, because you eat with your eyes first. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... What she did is she put a menu together and, uh, well, here's here's a little backstory. Okay, so my wife is half Chinese, half Mexican, and she was born in Piedras Negras, Mexico. So she immigrated with her parents uh, when she was 15 years old. So she moved to the United States, got her citizenship, and she started her life here in the United States. So she carried a lot of that tradition of both the Hispanic uh, culture and also a Chinese culture. So um, that has influence on the menu. So we have a lot of Hispanic foods. We have American foods. We also have some Asian-inspired dishes. But we do our best to um, to provide a healthy menu for folks when they come to the buildings. And we also have all different kinds of foods because everyone in the building is either vegan, vegetarian, omnivorian, low-carb, keto, diabetic, whatever. So we have to cater to all different kinds of, of uh, diets. No doubt. And like you said, you started out in a food truck. It broke down and you ended up in a cafe space. Was that even remotely a part of the plan of the food industry or the food business? I mean, where were you going after the food truck? Just curious. You know, uh, we were going to run that food truck until it broke down and it did. Look at there. Look <laughs> yeah. at there. Right. And it just happened. Um, but, you know, she always had a, a vision of having her own restaurant. Uh, of course, this wasn't exactly how she had imagined it. But the the people that we met along the way, the uh, the businesses that we were fortunate to meet the CEOs and CFOs and do caterings for them. We've been to their homes. We've met their families. You know, we've had such great times. Um building this business with them and they call on us even though we we may have left a building they'll still call us for a catering uh which is which is outstanding because we love building those relationships and uh so yeah no to, to answer your question shortly no we did not have this plan to be in office buildings but uh you know we're we're, we're so happy that it worked out that way because of the people we met 
The schedule is amazing. I mean, honestly, we work Monday through Friday. We have time with our family. We get to go on vacations. And you just really don't see that in the food industry. So, it again, it was only th- through that grace that we're, we're able to be here today. Undoubtedly. So you, how long have you been in this business now? Uh, we started with the food truck in 2015. Okay. So it's just going, it's going on six years now in October. Wow. That's really good. It's October's tomorrow. Exactly. Yes. Tomorrow. Yeah. Undoubtedly. So what have been some of the challenges you've had in running your business? I mean, that's a, a big leap from a mobile restaurant right. to a standalone or a brick and mortar, even though it's not like in the strip mall or anything like that, right. but a brick and mortar. How has that been a challenge or has it been? You know, I I tell folks and they say they want to open a food truck and I say it's a lot more work than you expect, you know, because the rules are much more stringent, I feel, for a food truck because um, your kitchen's mobile. They want to then the the, uh, health district wants to make sure that you're sanitary. So they'll come and check on you randomly and they'll just make sure everything's going going good for you, uh, that your customers are safe. you can't leave anything in the food truck. You can't leave a refrigerator running in the food truck with food in there. You have to take everything out. So you have to have another kitchen separate. So it's quite a bit of work. When we uh, when we got the opportunity to open the other location, it was a it was a, a world change for us. You know, yes, we didn't have the same fun of running around town and and uh, setting up shop other places, but the clientele were just incredible. I mean, they're all business professionals and they all they all have families and they're just. You know, great personalities to meet and talk to every day. Yeah, we saw the same folks every day, um, but it doesn't mean that it got old. We had a really good time serving them and taking care of them, getting to know them, getting to know their their needs. So when almost they, felt like Cheers, where everybody knows your name. You know, and it's it's funny you say that because my my wife had an, actually an article written about her in the SWBC uh, magazine, and that's the title of the article, <laughs> a place where everybody knows your name. Yeah, so that was actually just came out a few months ago, and it's it's a it's a point of pride for her, you know, because uh, uh, the the building where she's at has really done an incredible job of promoting her and taking care of her, uh, taking care of our business, and. Um, you know, she's just she's just amazing. And, and she she uh, she inspires me every day with what she does. That's good. That's amazing there. So why do you persist? What drives you to keep going? Even with the pandemic, when it happened and right. you had four locations and then you went down to one. Yes. And did you have any doubts that you'd come back or go back to those locations? What were some of the thoughts you may have had to keep you motivated to keep going? Well, I think the motivation was always to do good for the folks that came to our business, you know, who worked in the building to see their faces, to let them know we're still there. It's not like we're the band on the Titanic. We're not playing for the sinking ship. Okay. But we wanted to provide some semblance of security and and uh, uh, some calm for them, you know, when they come into work, you know, and to be a smiling face and not just be, you know, dour all day. Uh, we really enjoy it very much to see them and to welcome them back. Um, so with business coming back to the buildings, you know, it, we're seeing more and more folks. Uh, we we love impressing them with our with our menu, with our customer service. So I think our drive is mostly the people. We, we do it for them, you know. Uh, yes, it is a business, but when we get up in the morning, we're going to see other family. So, Chris, tell us about the Power Five. What is it? 
Well, I know you know what the Power Five is because you actually coined the term, so I really appreciate that. But the Power Five is the five most important professionals that any business owner can have. There's some variation on the last one, but most of the time it's going to be your CPA, your financial planner, your banker, your insurance agent, and your attorney. Having those different individuals collaborate with one another, preferably, or at least making sure that they're all on the same page with you is going to be extremely important. We found out how important it was during COVID, but it's going to be just as important, if not more important, moving forward. So, Chris, how can we get a hold of you for more information? Well, our main office is in San Antonio off of 281 and Bitters. We also have a website, pontemfinancial.com, P-O-N-T-E-M financial.com. And we're also on LinkedIn, Facebook, and of course, we have a phone, 210-625-4845 to reach out to a member of my team or myself. Thank you, Chris. Chris Hall is a financial advisor and partner with Pontum Financial in San Antonio, Texas. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA slash SIPC. So how critical is support to you? Support from the, the our guests? From support our, from your guests, from your family, from oh. the business community, you know, support overall. Sure, sure. It's absolutely critical for us, you know, because we are a small business and we're limited to the clientele that we have in our office building. So if they stop coming, then our business doesn't doesn't function, doesn't run. Um, but I, I think also we like to go out into the community and we like to visit other businesses and, and encourage them. We like buying from small business. We, we want to turn that support back out into the community as well. Uh, we volunteer every Thanksgiving. At, uh, there's a school right here called St. Mary Magdalene, so we help the elderly and the homeless. So um, it's one of our ways that we give back. You know, uh, we also volunteer at our schools for uh, our children. We help them with their um, food drives and blood drives and, you know, ROTC meetings and orchestra trips and things like that. So, yeah, you're an involved parent. Yes. So I am dance dad, orchestra dad, <laughs> ROTC dad. Yes. So, but I, I'm never going to complain about it because it is one of those times where I get to see the girls grow up and, and enjoy their lives. But the jobs that we have, the, the career that we have allows us to do that. So we, we get to spend time with them and watch them grow. That's excellent. Excellent. So tell us about a failure that you learned from. Other than the truck breaking down on your oh, way. Well, that was that was definitely not a failure. That was definitely a growth opportunity for us. And um, I think the failure was when we tried to go vegan completely, entirely. Really? Entirely. The entire business went vegan. How and, long did that last? Well, <laughs> my wife and I, we were vegan for a, for a year. We did it for one year for, you know, just to see um, how it would improve our health, which it did. And so we still incorporate some of those, those uh, dishes into our lives. But... Um, when we did into the business, we, we saw a, a pretty severe drop in folks coming. Um, it doesn't mean that it was a bad experiment. We did see folks who actually tried it and they did enjoy it, but it wasn't their lifestyle, which is totally fine. And uh, when our lease uh, renewal came up for one of our locations, the uh, property owners came over and they said, well, you know, we really like you guys. We really hope bunch you to succeed, but you really can't be vegan because there's a lot of folks who, you know, eat meat in the building. So we said, sure, you know, we're going to bring the menu back or we're going to do some protein that's in the menu. That was not necessarily a failure per se. We did lose business and we it was slow coming back after a while. It was definitely a daring experiment that we tried in our business to improve the health 
and wellness of our of our guests. Uh, it also did reduce our overall you know overhead for oh, food costs. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, you know it, we did learn so much, and that's something that I always tell folks is you know you always learn more from your failures than you do from your successes. But uh, we learned a lot about how people uh, respond to uh, to change. Actually, that was oh, probably yeah. the biggest lesson. Oh yeah, because the thing is, food is so much. It's so much attached to food. I mean, emotions and celebrations and sadness and gladness and everything like that. And if you become family and then you change the menu on them, they're like, <laughs> "Hey, wait, what did I do? What happened?" You know, right. the relationship somewhat is damaged. So yeah, I can understand why, especially if you truly have carnivores and you had some really good items on the menu and then they disappeared. Did you prepare them for the menu change? We did. We did let them know that we're going to be offering a new menu, a new healthier menu. Um, but uh, still, you know, there were some folks who, who came in. They were they were reluctant, and we did talk them into trying. They did enjoy it. But again, you know, they really want their their hamburgers, and they really want their their chicken tacos. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> wherever they're working could be stressful, and that's their stress reduction, or that's yes. their comfort food. Yes, and yes. it was so close because they didn't have to go out, lose their parking spot in the garage, or anything like that. They were right there. Right, right. So when we when we went back to our regular menu and incorporated proteins again, uh, that doesn't mean that uh, we didn't keep some of the vegan items because we they were actually pretty popular. The change was. Definitely a learning experience for us. Undoubtedly. And something that you can say, mm, that might not have been the right season, the right time for it. That might not have been the right audience. Right, right. Definitely not the right audience. We did definitely learn that. And I know there are some vegan restaurants in San Antonio and they do absolutely fantastic work and they're delicious and they're amazing. But, you know, they do have a niche market where for, for that segment of the population who wants to eat that that way. Then they're perfect for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, tell us about a success you learned from. Success in the food business. I think that uh, what we learned in this business was folks really do want to have a change from burgers, pizza, and barbecue. And uh, you so, realize those are cuss words here in San Antonio, right? I know That's it. Texas. I know <laughs> That's it. All Texas. I get it. I get it. <laughs> it is definitely Texas. So when we uh, when we decided to go with a healthier style menu, it was at the time, you know, kind of a challenging challenging uh, notion. Um, we did have some pushback. You know, they said, "Oh, where's my burger? Where's my French fries?" And we're like, "Well, where's my fountain drink?" I said, like, "We don't we don't offer the sixty four ounce Big Gulp anymore. It's just not. We just don't do it." You know, we're, we're not doing the sodas. We're not doing the energy drinks. Um, but uh, after, Did you at least offer coffee? Yes, absolutely. No, no, absolutely. Yes. 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 Had to have the coffee. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so we, uh, when we offered this menu, we were very surprised at how much uh, uh, su- support we got from the tenants. You know, it's like, oh, thank God. I actually, ha- I can now get a salad. I can get something healthy. I can get something fresh. So that was a weight off for our shoulders when we when we started doing the, the, the restaurants. And uh, we saw a growing success in that market, you know, um, people wanting to take better care of themselves, reduce their sugars, their salts. Uh, and it was it was a great boon for us, you know. So, yes, of course, there were some holdouts who did want their tacos and the burgers. So we did offer it on the menu. But we that was a smaller percentage of the overall menu that was more focused on 
helping folks feel better throughout the day. Maybe it was a breakfast taco and at 9.30 it stopped and you opened at 8 and that was it. You got your breakfast taco between 8 and 9.30 and that's it. You don't get any more. It's not a lunch menu item, okay? Right, right. Yes, yeah. So we we did have to, you know, set some ground rules for, for folks, you know, because they would come in all times looking for a breakfast taco. I'd say, I'm sorry, we're, we're doing lunch now. But, uh, you know, it, I think that, you know, when we were when we have that relationship with our tenants and our guests, it makes it so much easier, mm-hmm. you know, because we know, we do know their names, we do know what to expect and and what they like, and uh, we we take very good. We spoil, honestly, we spoil our guests definitely. See, now you're gonna have people like, where is he? What where, what building is he in? Because I want to go there. Yeah, and we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get your okay. contact okay. information. Great, great. But um, what does success look like for you? I mean, I'm hearing you know having your customers feel good about themselves and you knowing their names. What else does success look like for you? Well, I know that the definition of success has changed over the years, and I, I would like to um, offer up the idea that success is a fulfillment in what you do, you know, because um, I remember that show, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, you know, and watching, you know, people on yachts and private planes, and people thought that was success. You know, I find today success is being able to watch my girls grow up, be a part of their lives, you know, hear about their days from school, spend time with my wife, and, you know, go on trips together. To me, I think that's my level of success, being able to go hiking with my family on the weekend. Uh, to me, that makes me feel good about what I'm doing every day. You know, it's not always about how much money you in the bank. It's about the quality of the life that you, that you lead, you know, with what you have. I enjoy my life. I really do. I really like what I do. Uh, doesn't mean that I'm satisfied and I'm going to stay where I'm at. I want to continue to grow and be a better person, uh, be a better businessman, um, that's I think that would probably be the, my definition of what success means to me in my life and for my family. Okay. So where do you see your company going in the next, let's say, five to ten years? Where do you see your company going? Well, we are going to continue to grow. We are going to open new locations. Um, I remember when we first got started, we were just brand new. No one knew our name. We didn't know who we were. Uh, so as years went by, uh, we built a reputation and now we have uh, businesses who or property owners who come talk to us and say, hey, we have a space in our building. Would you like to open a location? You know, so. Oh, they come to you They now. come to us now. And I, I used to chase, I mean, tooth and nail trying to find somebody to take us into their building. Now we, we run our business and they call us and we say, well, yeah, OK, in six months or next year we can open up, you know, because we have to find and train the right employees. Um with us, I think that the number one word when it comes down to what we do for a living is empathy. We want to have, we want to make sure that the folks that we hire uh, to help us with our business have that quality, that trait. You know, because mm-hmm. um, when folks come into our, our our restaurant, our cafe, in the buildings, they're either coming in the morning and they're in a rush to get to work and they need a smile. They're at lunch, they're hungry, they're grumpy, they need a smile. So they want to be taken care of, and that's that's something important to us. Undoubtedly. And most people nowadays are looking for empathy. They don't always know what to call it because they don't know how to actually verbalize it, but they can sense it. They can feel it. And it's impacting because if you are training your employees or at this, their innate ability to be empathetic, 
that's going to go a long way with keeping your clients, customers happy, even the ones that come in off the street that know you exist from another building. Correct. It's not always just the ones in the building, because if you're on the main level, which you probably are, right. you have people who have the foot traffic Yes. Yes. that know that you exist. Right. I think one of the, one of the greatest uh, uh, benefits or, or one of the best things that happened to us is when someone who works in the building brings their spouse to come eat, and, they, and I could hear them saying, I love this place. They're so nice. They're great. Their food is really good. That is a great compliment to us. Mm. You know, so they're bringing someone they love to come share something they love with them. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's an awesome compliment. So, yes, I definitely. Now, I want to carry that that part of our business on for the next for for years to come. Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. So if you had to do it all over again, (laughs) would you do anything different or, you know, at all? Well, the path that led us here to where we're at had to happen. It just, it was, it wasn't fate. It wasn't, you know, an, any sense of control over what, how we lived our lives. Um, so if I were to go back and be able to change anything, we wouldn't be where we're at. And, you know, we can go back in time and, and think about how, what decisions we would make differently, but most likely um, probably wouldn't have met my wife, you know, or opened these types of business that have gone to a different direction. So, you know, I don't like the what if question because then you begin to question what it is that, you, that you've that you done in the past. And instead of getting better, you go back and you try to think about what you could change about yourself um, and not look forward, you know, for your future and how you want to live your life. Right. So um, I don't think that I could have changed anything. I'm happy with the way that things are going now. Do I want to do more? Yes, absolutely. Um uh, but I, I don't think I could ever give back the experience that I've spent in my life building to where we're at right now. Cause, and I think one of, one of the greatest gifts given to us was uncertainty. Mm. You know, Because if you are uncertain about your future, then you have wide open space to wander and learn and do. But if you kind of already have – if you already know what you're going to do, then I think that limits your doors. Then you really don't have an opportunity to learn new things because you're so focused on where you where you know you're going to go, right? So I enjoy not knowing what's coming the next day. And uh, when something happens, I, I learn so much from it. And, it. and it guides us into new directions. So, yeah, I mean, it's a blessing not knowing what the future is. Mm, that's an interesting take. So if you had some advice for our audience, what would you give them? What would you tell them? Or what would you want to leave with them at the end of this interview? Well, be open to the signs that God puts in front of you. Be open to the doors that are, that are there for you. Um, don't be afraid to walk through those opportunities and, and see where they lead you. Uh, of course, you know, have some caution depending on what it is that's in front of you, right? But uh, don't be afraid of those opportunities, you know, because I think that a lot of folks don't start businesses or they don't improve in their lives or they don't go after that promotion out of fear. Um, Don't be afraid. Go after it. You know, open the business, do your little side hustle or just jump right in, you know, just do it. You know, I I hate using the thing from Nike, but, you know, you just have to go in there and, and, and if you fail, I will be your biggest cheerleader and say, I'm so glad you failed which is probably a terrible thing to say, but you learn so much from that failure. So the next time you try to do something, you pick yourself up, you do it again, 
you're going to be so much better. You'll understand why you why you messed up the first time, and, and you won't do it again. Right, right, and you'll do you'll make another mistake, which is fantastic. So you'll keep making mistakes until you get to where you're at. I mean, I can't tell you how many businesses I've tried to start before this one, and of course I've made mistakes during this one as well during during the cafe business, but um, it was a series of flops and failures that got us to where we're at today, which is amazing. So. Everyone needs to go through something, part of their business, part of their lives where they feel like they didn't fully achieve what they wanted to. Um, but don't give up. Keep going. Yeah, I saw something maybe a couple of weeks ago that um, Toby Mack had said where if you have a failure, it's the equivalent of slashing three tires just because you have a flat. <laughs> Why would you slash the three tires if you have a flat when you just change the flat and keep moving? So if you have a failure, you don't quit and give up everything, your dreams or anything like that. No, you pick yourself up, start all over again, or pick yourself up, fix the flat, fix the issue, and keep it moving. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I think one of the other things, too, is that we also need to be open to um, advice and also some find a mentor. That's also super important. You know, find someone who's been in business before or maybe even in your same channel and your same path um, and get some advice from those folks. You know, they can't run your business for you, but they can definitely help you avoid some big pitfalls. True. Very true, because they can see things that you could not see because you've never been this way before. And those mentors are there to help guide you, to direct you, even though they aren't maybe in your business, like you said, but they have business experience. Absolutely. And they know, okay, if your business is cyclical, which most businesses are in some way or another, you're going to run into a dry spell. What are you doing when it's a full business is getting all the money in and everything like that? What are you going to do with that dry spell? You need to prepare. Right. For that dry spell, because it is coming. Mm, absolutely. Just like San Antonio weather. It is coming. <laughs> and you don't know what it's going to be. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. So tell us, how can we get a hold of you, Xavier? How can we find out more about your business? Well, uh, our website is infusacafe.com. Could you spell that? I-N-F-U-S-A-C-A-F-E dot com. Uh, we have our menus on there. It shows our locations where we're at right now. And then hopefully we'll be adding some new locations on it as well. It tells a little bit of our story about how we got started with the food truck. You'll see a picture of me and my wife in our food truck. And um, we'd love to have you. We'd love to host you. If there's any, you're always welcome to come by when we're open. Uh, we're open 7.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. at uh, the office buildings. But that doesn't mean that we're closed after that. You know, So if you have a private party or an event, we'd love to do that as well. Undoubtedly. Well, thank you so much, Xavier. We appreciate you being on the show. Once again, this is the Hustle, Juggle, and Struggle of Small Business. You all have a great day. For more information about any of our guests, or if you have questions and comments, please email us at admin at com. And don't forget to check out our website, plemonscpa.com, for upcoming events and workshops in San Antonio. David B. Plemons CPA Inc. is providing this podcast as a public service, but it is neither a legal interpretation nor a statement of David B. Plemons CPA Inc. policy. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by David B. Plemons CPA Inc. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the Hustle, Juggle, and Struggle of Small Business podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or their concepts or any entity they represent. 
Views and opinions expressed by David B. Plemons CPA Inc. employees are those of the employees and do not necessarily reflect the views of David B. Plemons CPA Inc. or any of its officials. You should always consult your own investment advisors, attorneys, and accountants before making any decisions concerning your financial matters. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact our office. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.